Oop, there it is. <clears throat> All right, it's up. All right. Hey, everybody. How's it going, Divi peeps? We got another episode coming at you today. We are going to talk about after the leap, once you've gone from freelancer into, oh no, once you've gone to full time with your business. So our esteemed panel, we're going to go through and talk to everybody a little bit today. Uh, I guess we should go, since, as we can see, girls run things. Let's go with yeah. ladies first. Sarah. Hey, guys. Uh, Sarah Oates here with Endure Web Studios. You can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on all the socials. And next up, Mr. Jenkins. Right. Corey Jenkins here coming at you from Prescott, Arizona. You can find me at aspengrovestudios.com, divi.space, and various other places on the web. And as Sarah says, on all the socials. All <laughs> the socials. And Not that I'm actually on all the socials, I should say, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, you won't you won't find me on Snapchat. <laughs> Too old. I guess, yeah. And Mr. Tim. Hey everyone, Tim Streifler here. I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California, and you can find me online at divilife.com, timstreifler.com, and wpgears.com. Happy to be here. I am super glad you guys are all here and, because I mostly don't know what I'm doing because this is my first time being the MC of the Divi Chat. First time Wait, for a so lady to run We the discovered last week that girls had never um done the MCing, and we were like there's something wrong with this like this yeah I, I think until next week it had like never been anybody really but david and i so yeah, yeah it's, it's good you know in case uh, we get hit by a bus or something to kind of mix but it up but then they realized i was really really bad at setting everything up and starting it and i didn't have any of the passwords <laughs> so anyway sorry we're starting a little late we're gonna work on that we really are so hey, today i don't know if yeah. this is intentional but it sounds like your microphone might be coming through your airpods is that on purpose? Oh, no. Okay. Does this sound better? I hopefully this will be better. I, you can you you have to select it specifically in Zoom. Oh no! Now we're having even more. It's it's oh. easy. Down there on the lower left, <laughs> next to the microphone. This. this is a disaster. There we go. Can you hear That's me? Yeah. So much better. <laughs> Okay, good. Sorry. All right, guys. So today we're talking about, we've discussed before transitioning from, you know, being a freelancer or having a side hustle to actually running a business, to being full-time, having your web business support you. And there's so much that goes into all of that. Um, so I don't know, Tim, you always start us off. I don't know what we need to define out of this, but do you want to break down maybe some of the categories we're going to discuss today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, transitioning from freelancer to full-time, um, the big question is always when. When should I transition? Should and, and it seems to be there's kind of like two schools of thought here. There, the first one being you wait until you, you stay uh, part-time and you wait till you have a full book of clients to where you can essentially replace your salary at whatever, you know, full-time work you had previously. And then you make the the jump. And uh, we know people that have done it that way. Uh, and that seems like it's probably the most responsible way, especially if you have bills and a mortgage and kids, stuff like that. Um, and then on the other hand, there's the, the sink or swim, the just go for it. You're all in. Um, even if you don't have any clients personally, that's what I did. And I'm, I'm sure we'll all share our stories. Um, and kind of the, the, uh, method, the methodology behind that is you're able to fully focus on one thing. It's kind of like sink or swim. You're either going to fail or you're going to succeed. And the motivation of, failure not being an option to where like you don't have a fallback can sometimes give you that extra push to go out there and grind and get clients. So um, yeah, I think those are kind of the, obviously there's, you know, I'm sure there's variations in between, but those seem to be the, the two that get talked about the most. Which one did you do, Tim? So I, I mainly did jump, jumped right in and, and kind of went for it. Um, 
sort of. So I, I was doing websites on the side for several years, but it was kind of like, Hey, I know how to build websites and people found out. And so I was never intending on growing a business. I didn't have a portfolio up and, uh, I wasn't, you know, trying to get clients or anything like that. It was just projects happened to come my way. I would take them on. So I had, you know, some level of a portfolio. And then I basically got to the point where I was so sick of working for another company. I wanted to work for myself. And so I'm like, Hey, I know how to build websites. I, I could make a career out of this. I'm going to go for it. And so, uh, I got my wife on board and then just decided to, to go all in. And so, uh, quit my job and, um, spent like several weeks building out my, my website, my portfolio site, you know, compiling all the websites I'd done in the past. And then, um, you know, focused on getting clients, did a big, we talked about this last week. I did a big social media blast so everyone knew what I was doing. Uh, so hopefully, you know, have referrals coming in that sort of thing. Um, but to me, that was the best thing because I'm not good at, uh, multitasking. And so like for me to be able to kind of fully focus on my web design business, I'm trying to get clients and like putting, you know, everything I had into that, that was the right choice for me. However, I did have experience in some portfolio sites. So it's kind of like in a way I wasn't like starting from scratch. Um, but in terms of like clients and like, you know, a referral, uh, network, I was basically starting over. So. And that, Corey, what was your situation? <laughs> My situation. Um, well, I, I was working, I'd moved to Arizona and I'd, I'd been using WordPress for several years before I, I moved here. And I was, let me see, I, I'd worked for a radio station where I was kind of like there, I think the title was like digital assets manager or something super fancy, you know? Um, and uh, there I was you doing do, like- You have a face for radio. I, I do. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I've been told that. That's before. so mean. I, I take it as a compliment. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I was working there, uh, building websites and I had gotten another job offer as a marketing director, uh, for big brothers, big sisters. And I took that. And then not too long after my old work reached out to me and they needed me to like still handle all, all the stuff, you know, for their websites and whatnot. So we'd worked out, uh, you know, kind of like a monthly retainer for that. And I was able to do that like after hours from my other job. Uh, let me see. Yeah. And, and then I, yeah, I was just working so much and we had our first child on the way and I just really wanted to be part of the, you know, the kid's life and be able to make school functions and, and all, all that kind of stuff that parents want to do. And, uh, you know, where most people have a kid on the way, they start freaking out about money. I uh, quit my job and kind of took a leap of faith uh, <laughs> in, the, in the web development side of things. So uh, it's worked out. Here I am. Um, Here you are. Yeah, roof over my head and uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. So it, it's been an awesome journey. And The kids get it. How many years ago was that now? Uh, that's been uh, That's been almost six years now. So yeah, the, the kids get to eat. We alternate them once every other day. <laughs> <laughs> and in between, they get to lick the other one's plate clean uh, after they're done. Awesome. Tim, how long ago was yours? How long ago did you start? Uh, so I went full time in 2015. Yeah. 2015. And I think, Sarah, I think you have one of the most organized journeys of this, of anybody that I know. Like you were so planned about it and if anybody listens regularly they know your story but fill us in anyway tell I know, me right. I've told my story many times um I it's a good one though so, well I so I used to work as a graphic designer um and I was a self-taught graphic designer I worked for a non-profit organization for 10 years and I just used to do all sorts of graphic design and learned on the job as I was going um and like, you know, I built a fair bit of skills and then we ended up moving back to where my family is because we had my son um, and it would be useful to have family around. So we moved back and we decided not to work for the nonprofit anymore. Um, and so I went and got a job in admin and I was like, I just need a job. So I worked in admin and that job ended up migrating into a graphic design job at that job, which was great because I enjoyed it. But then I had my second son and I was at home and I was really bored <laughs> and I'm not very good at being at home on maternity leave. I know some people are really good at that, but I'm not. Um, and I wasn't very I thought about having a kid just for the vacation. Yeah. 
it's not like for me just being at home doing nothing it drove me a little bit crazy the first time so the second time I knew I couldn't do that and I wasn't very satisfied at work and I was thinking I love techie kind of things I would love to learn how to make a website so when I was at home on maternity leave I got a lynda.com subscription and I started learning everything about web design so I um I learned I went through their html course their css course their wordpress course their how to make a child theme course like I just did all these courses um while I was at home and then I had to go back to work and I thought okay well at night time I'm gonna um I just went back part-time but at night time I'm gonna start making a portfolio and so I started making a portfolio and I thought I'll just see how this goes um, and a few months into that and after a couple of websites, I thought, yeah, I really like this. I really want to do this. So I gave myself the goal of building 10 websites. I don't think I ever got to 10. I think I got to like eight maybe. Um, but 10 websites by the end of the year as a portfolio. And then, you know, once I get to 10, maybe I could consider um, doing this thing for real. But I wasn't 100% sure if I could actually do that. Um, but then... I got a bit fed up with my job one day in January. It was at the year point, but I just got to this moment where I was like, nah, I'm done. And like on reflection, looking back, it was a pretty risky time to do it. Like for us, it, it, it was scary um, because we had two kids. One kid was, um, I think he was just starting school. He's in a private school, costs us a lot of money. My other kid, I was like, he's going to need some childcare at some point. Like this stuff is really expensive. And so it was really scary. And I think once I'd quit my job, I got really, really worried that perhaps I had done the wrong thing. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll go into further, like then how we manage that from that point. But um the terror yeah, that was that, that, moment, yeah. that was the process um but when I actually did it it was more on a whim than planned like I it was within two days I just got completely fed up and quit my job and then after that went oh my god like I think I've done this too soon um but that was that was my process I I, I still think that to this day Sarah so <laughs> <laughs> it's really <laughs> scary there are moments no, you do. I mean, not, not to this day. I mean, now with our, you know, with our product division and stuff like that, our revenues a lot more consistent and, you know, the more steady, steady paychecks and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I mean, several years after I made the leap into, into full-time had quit my regular job. I mean, there's, there's times, you know, where it's, it's feast or famine and uh, you think you have yeah. some projects lined up and they fall through and, and uh, you know you're you're worried, so that's sometimes that's, the feast isn't that feasty. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it, it's re it's really not. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not like a buffet. It's like a you know one plate at the salad bar type thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've heard. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, so like, there's the whole mentality of. Uh, kind of like, you know, the feast or, or, or I'm sorry, the sink or swim, you know, just kind of going for it. And then I've heard on, on the other side where if you can, you know, if you're passionate about, you know, web design or, you know, can really be any type of business and you're willing to sacrifice your weekends, your evenings, uh, sacrifice, you know, your relaxing time to, to focus on your business. So all the hours that you have outside of, you know, your fixed responsibilities, you know, going to the full-time job, you know, raising your kids, whatever, all of your extra time, if you're willing to dedicate that to your passion, then you really are passionate. And that's a good sign that like, you know, yeah. you could do it full-time type of thing. Um, for me though, it was more about uh, like just going for it and, you know, having no other distractions type of thing. Um, but really at the end of the day, there's like starting a business takes sacrifice. So like, uh, if you just kind of go for it and quit before you have like, you know, a huge book of clients, well, then you're sacrificing, you know, like, uh, your way of life, you know, the steady paycheck, that sort of thing. Or if you're going to like, you know, transition slowly and like build a, a pipeline on the side, well, then you're sacrificing your free time, uh, you know, time with friends and family and stuff like that. So it's like, either way you look at it, there's going to be some level of sacrifice. Um, and starting a business isn't for everyone. And so you kind of have to figure out. Yep. Are you willing to make a sacrifice? And if so, kind of what direction or a variation of those directions do you want to take? Yeah, you're you're not just building websites. You're doing client relations. You're 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 yeah. doing accounting. You're do, you're doing all the all this Sales. kind of stuff like that I might mean, not sound all that fun to you, and maybe a little yeah. bit out of your comfort zone. But it's uh, 
you know, it's, it's not just building websites. So that's something else you got to take into consideration. Um, I had a slightly different journey than you guys. I had, um, I went to, I went to school for graphics and for web. I didn't finish because you don't need to, but, um, Twitter, I started, I wished I had done a little bit more of my portfolio work there, but, um, but my family moved and I just was like, I got this, you know, cause you can just teach yourself online. Right. And I, it was right out of, right out of high school. This was the late nineties. And I was like, web was just becoming a thing, you know, dial up internet and terrible web MySpace. you know, that was the, that was the days. geo cities, anyone. Yeah, that was then. So I feel old now, but, um, but anyway, so <laughs> I, I, I worked right there with you. So I don't feel too bad. Okay, good. I worked, um, some as doing some design work, doing some web work, but I didn't have a lot of confidence. And so I would do other stuff too. I had like a million different jobs, but I always did, even if I wasn't working mainly in web, it was always on the side. So I sort of was both, but, um, but then I ended up working full time as a web developer for Georgia tech for a number of years. And, um, I would always, always take on side projects, but I don't know about you guys. I just don't think that's a realistic approach for everybody. Like, I'm so envious of you guys that can do that, that can have the like, and you guys in the chat, I know there's a ton of you that are doing this right now. Like you are straddling the gap and you're doing both of these things. And I realized if I had more than two side projects at any one time, I wasn't being a good employee to my full-time job. It would take too much away from me and I would start messing with stuff at work. And that bothered my conscience. That's not how I want to live my life. So that was kind of my max. And I thought, well, I can never break free because you can't build a business with two projects, you know, at a time. So I really didn't know what was going to happen. And then sort of bad news, good news. I got sick. I had like some health problems and I had to go out of work. So I went out on disability for several months and then I got better. And as I started to get better, I was able to ease in. So when it came to like my training, I, you know, you guys all sort of started this later on. I started it at the beginning the right way, but then when it ends up how I started my business, I was able to just gradually ramp it up because I could just, I was just taking on, you know, contract work and stuff like that. And I met um, the guy, he was an art director where I ended up, you know, the guy who ended up becoming my partner. And we were like, do you want to do a side project together? Cause Sarah, as we've talked about, it's so nice to have, you know, right brain and left brain working together. And so we, so then we hit this point, which is kind of, this is what we're supposed to be talking about today, right? It's all of a sudden we had checks in our hand and we realized like, this wasn't my work or his, this was us now. So what do we do? If we're going to deposit these checks, we need a bank account. If we need a bank account, we need an LLC. If we need an LLC, we need a name we need a if we have a name we're going to need a website do we have a domain you know it was like this huge list of things that we needed in an emergency and that is some of the stuff that helps if you've really planned it out a little bit more organized but that's where i like oh my goodness that's where i had my sleepless nights not so much on the project work like you guys all did at the beginning but to me that was brutal and and i know it's different in every country but you know finding so you know, so maybe we could talk a little bit to some of those challenges. So now once we've all made the jump, now what, right? Like that's the, that's the point that a lot of these people in the chat and the people listening on the podcast are, um, that's what they're facing right now. This is what they're coming up against. If they're ready to make that jump, what's facing them on the other side? Yeah, definitely. Anyone? <laughs> Any advice? <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, beyond, you know, the, the bank accounts and, you know, um, filing taxes and everything like that, it, I, I think that you do have to prepare um, initially for, you know, and, and not to scare people off, but for, uh, you know, uncertainty, there's going to be stress, uh, you're going to have a lot of, lot of doubts that you, that you made the right choice. Um, I, don't, I don't think I've talked to anybody at like word camps or um, you know, any of our Divi meetups or anything like that, who took the leap. And then all of a sudden was just like, you know, um, didn't have any worries about paying their bills and, and anything like that. So I, I, I think that's something that, you know, that you are, are going to have to kind of prepare yourself for. And like you said, your lifestyle might change for a little bit. If you have this full-time job, a great salary, 
you know, you, you get two weeks vacation a year. You can afford to fly to, to Maui. Um, you might not have that. You might go a couple of years where you're, uh, you know, staycationing and, um, and so, so yeah, there, there might be some lifestyle changes, but always have, always have that goal in mind, always have a one year, two year, five year plan of where you want to be. And if, if, when you, when you get to that point, you're not there, you need to look back and retrospect and say, okay, what did I do? What didn't I do? Um, and, and, and we can maybe get into, a, you know, a bit more of that as far as like self-discipline and, and, and what that takes here in a little bit. Yeah, I'm a firm believer. And I think this is, can be applied to like all parts of life, but consistency beats intensity. And so I'm not saying don't work hard or anything like that, but I think being consistent and as Corey mentioned, self-discipline, you know, to do the things, you know, to, to go out and meet people, to network, to, uh, you know, cold call if you have to, uh, you know, consistency is what it takes to be successful. There's people like in all different types of businesses that will, will come out like seemingly out of nowhere with a lot of intensity, make a lot of noise, and then you know, they're not consistent. They're not in it for the long haul. And so they'll kind of fade. And so, you know, the companies that, that last a long time for the long term and build a really big brand, you know, they're more about the consistency being disciplined. Um, and so I, I think that can be applied to, uh, web designers as well. Um, you know, it's not easy, like starting a business and growing business is definitely not easy. It's a lot of hard work, but you know, being consistent and really disciplined is what it's going to take. And so you just kind of have to stick it out and make the sacrifices as Corey mentioned. Um, and yeah, I, I think success will, will definitely anyone find anyone. What's that? Anyone who's assuming that they're going to be able to just like live in, well, I guess you could live in your pajamas all day, but like, if you're assuming that it's going to be mean that you can just like chill out and relax and like just work for like two or three hours a day or, you know, like I think some people think that the the freelancer lifestyle is really chilled out. I think that's one of the biggest shocks is that, you know, you go from saying, okay, I'm just sick of my boss. Like I just want to be the boss. I want to, you know, be in control of my own life. Like you go from having one boss to having, every single client is your boss. And like, I think that can be a little bit of a shock that you're going from a place where you turn up every day, you go for a certain amount of hours, you do your work, you come home, you don't think about work. Um, you chill out with your family to all of a sudden you're at home. You're thinking about work all the time. You have lots of bosses <laughs> depending on how many clients you have. Um, and they all expect certain things of you. They're not always very nice to you. Sometimes they are, which is lovely, but sometimes they're not. Um, the, you've got the uncertainty of paychecks. Like I've got three jobs at the moment, but they've all just kind of stopped dead in the water all of a sudden for different reasons. And so the certainty of where I had planned to receive the next payments from them has suddenly blown out by like a month for all of them. So it's not like it even just, it's just in the beginning. So jobs might say, yes, we're, we're really, really on a really big rush. We want this launched in six weeks. And then all of a sudden the job takes three months and you think, oh, but I had planned to get that money within six weeks kind of thing. So, you know, I think there can be this like glamorous idea about what it's going to be like to start a business and to work from home and be able to be like really chilled. And yes, you can wear your pajamas and that's great, but you can't switch off. Like it's so much harder to get to the end of your day and just stop thinking about work. It's so much harder to not feel like you have to check your emails all the time. Or if someone emails you at 10 PM to feel like you shouldn't respond straight away, like all of a sudden you're having to set the boundaries around your own business life. And that's really, really hard when you've got 10 hundred bosses um, all kind of expecting that you will respond to them straight away. So I think the glamorous idea is very mystical and very untrue. When's the last time any of you took an actual vacation where you didn't work? Uh, <laughs> like seven years ago. Before you started your business? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I try and take um, January kind of off. Um, so in Australia, we there's this kind of long break where no one really works in January, kind of. I guess it's like your summer over there a little bit. But um, we, so I try and take one week off then, which is over the Christmas, New Year's break. And then after that, I try and work half days um, from the post place. So. Except we nab yeah. Sarah up around the holidays and, and make her work. 
that's right <laughs> that's her half days yeah yeah it's, <laughs> I was it's, very appreciative because all of my work dried up and I would say <laughs> this December January was my scariest time in my entire business and yeah. these guys had some video work for me and it was a lifesaver to be honest yeah, um, I, that, I learned some really job. tough lessons this year yeah yeah um now that's something that that we are both David and myself um transitioning into is to where we can actually like step away and um you know and, and take a week off and not have you know everything completely completely crumble we have an ama amazing team of people they're all very capable um but there's always those like little things that only you know and there's only things that i know there's these little things that only david knows and and it seems like inevitably like whenever you know murphy's law like whenever you try to get away whatever one of those things is that you need to handle seems to happen. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's not all that unusual and it's like intensified because, you know, like oh, I'm supposed to be on vacation, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, but you know, at the same time I've, you know, um, been able to take some awesome family vacations. I'm going next week. Uh, I'm going to meet up with Tim. Uh, we got a beach house. So oh, I'm nice. going to be sitting there in the mornings with my coffee and my laptop handling some stuff and, Totally forgot about that. Days. <laughs> I got really excited that I get to see you. Yeah. Get, get, get your speedo ready, bud. We're hitting the beach. Oh, <laughs> um, wow. yeah. For me, like, I, yeah, I can't remember the last time that I like totally took a vacation. Like I've gone places and, and, you know, mostly yeah. uh, taken a vacation and done kind of the bare minimum, you know, checking in on emails yeah. and, and support issues and, uh, you know, keeping, making sure my team is, is continuing to hit the milestones and stuff. But, um, to be completely honest, like, I don't hate that. Like, I love what I do and I, I like love my business. And so to me, it's really fun. And so I like that I can, you know, mostly take things off and like the business keeps on going. Um, and then I can kind of just check in and, and, you know, make sure everything's still going smoothly. Um, and so it doesn't bother me cause I just, I just love what I do. And, and to me, it's like, you know, it's just kind of a cost of, of being a business owner and, and having, you know, a lot of flexibility with, you know, when I work, where I work type of thing. Um, but yeah, maybe I won't be able to sustain that long-term and eventually just go crazy, but who knows? <laughs> we all have our ways of relaxing a little bit in the meantime, but I just took an emergency beach trip last week. <laughs> I took three days and I was, I was like losing it. I was so stressed out. So I just went and I worked while I was there still, but I took like Sunday off and then I worked a half day on Monday and I went to the beach and stuff. So anyway, I, I'm very much needed it, but, but I'm a little bit with you, Tim. It's like when we, these businesses are our babies, right? We love them. And we're so passionate about what we do that you couldn't do it if you didn't. So, okay. So how about some practical tips? Like I, one for me is I think, um, having an accountant is pretty hugely important mm -hmm. to get like, and that costs money and it's something that you need. Um, you know, I mean, some people like to have legal for their contracts and things. I've never done that. I always am a tiny bit nervous about it. Like I've always thought like maybe I should, uh, but what, what kind of professional services or, or outside vendors do you guys think are crucial for people who are getting started and setting things up? I, I kind of want to second what you said about the accountant, Stephanie. Um, totally 110% agree. Um, obviously, depending on what country you're in, the tax laws are going to be different. Even what state you're in, in the US tax laws are going to be different. Uh, but like having a professional that can help you pay the least amount of taxes and set you up. Because um, my CPA, and, and I guess my encouragement is don't just kind of go for like the bare minimum CPA, get you a CPA that is uh, almost can be like a financial business advisor too, to where they're going to like help you set up your business like strategically long-term to save you the most in taxes and, you know, the, the best formation, uh, you know, the way to structure, you know, how you pay yourself, stuff like that. Um, that is yeah, absolutely priceless. So highly recommend that. And I will tell you, it is not priceless if you choose the wrong one. It is very. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, yeah. I, I'd say like before, before you start your business, meet with a, meet with a CPA even if it's not close to tax season. But bookkeeping wise, when you're starting out, you could probably do your own bookkeeping in a program like FreshBooks or, or QuickBooks or something like that, but, but keep up on it. Do it, have like a day of the week, Friday afternoons, you 
uh, you know, reconcile your books and, and keep up on everything. And then at, at that time, you can hand over a lot of those programs have like access you can give to your accountant. Um, as you grow, it, it might be a little cumbersome for you to handle that as you get busier. But I, I don't think immediately that bookkeeping and things like that are something that that you have to have a bookkeeper for. But definitely when it comes time to file and you need advice, seek out a professional. Don't do the TurboTax stuff online. I even yeah, think it's I, good yeah, to do your own bookkeeping because you, then you understand everything, what's going in, what's coming out, you know, your business in and out. And then like, I'm, I mean, I've been doing this a while now and I'm just now to the point where I'm like desperate to get, to turn that bookkeeping over. Yeah. I'm, I'm well past that point. So. Yeah. I, I'm about, what month is it? It's the sixth June. month of the year. I'm about six months behind in my bookkeeping, but yeah. um, I agree with Stephanie, do it yourselves. And I highly recommend QuickBooks online because it will hook up to your bank account, which also side note, definitely recommend having a separate business bank account. Even if you're a solopreneur, oh, yeah. keep your money separate, but um, you hook up QuickBooks online and then it will uh, automatically import all of your transactions but you still have to go in and approve each one and make sure it's categorized properly. And so it makes you look at every dollar that you're spending. Um, and I think I'm a better business owner because of it. And I'm a lot more frugal because I see everything that comes in. And so, um, yeah, definitely cannot recommend that enough. There's been some chatter in the focus on your biz group. We've talked about the book, uh, profit first. I don't know if any of you guys have read that. It's amazing. And it talks about like, how to set it up yourself and how to set up multiple bank accounts so that you're actually taking a profit and, and paying yourself and paying all your expenses and things. And it's a super interesting book. Um, not just cause you're make, you know, cause you want to take profit, but because it, it helped me because I'm not, that's not how my brain works. My brain isn't geared toward the finance and the business stuff like that. So it really was very enlightening for me to see stuff like that. So sometimes just asking around too and reading books, things like that, where you can, learn about stuff that might not be your forte. Yeah. Uh, basic business financing, um, revenue, good expenses, <laughs> bad. <laughs> and then revenue minus expenses equals profit. And you want See, that. That's not what this book says though. This book says it different. <laughs> this book says profit comes first. Hence the name profit first. Um, anyway. I think I said my turning on on my computer. Like who thought computers needed Siri in the first place? Just like <laughs> Sarah, so, so, so you were going to say something. Um, I think like, I don't know if Australia is different to America. I mean, I would assume it's different to America in some ways. Like I would definitely um, recommend getting a separate business account. And I have talked to a number, you definitely don't need to do that in Australia um, if you're a freelancer, but I have talked to a number of people who have it. And I just think it makes tax time really confusing and really yeah. um, scary. And the first year that I got through to tax, I tried to do my tax myself. I spent an entire day on it. And then was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing and I don't know how to claim things. And um, I thought I was saving money. And then I went and paid 150 bucks to an accountant who made sure I didn't pay any tax and because I hadn't earned enough that year and she was fabulous. And from that, I learned the really hard lesson that my little home bookkeeping system that I had, like I had, I bought like a, a cheap app on my Mac to do my invoices. And then I had like some other app that I was doing all of my bookkeeping with. And I was like, that's it. Like I have to go professional with this and it's going to cost me money. So I ended up paying for zero. Zero's um, not cheap. It is definitely not cheap. I don't know if it's in America, um, but in Australia, kind of the two big bookkeeping ones are my uh, MYOB and zero. They're like the two very big ones. Um, but accountants work with zero pretty flawlessly. And so I just, I don't have a accountant I talk to during the year, just once a year, I talk to my accountant, she logs into my zero account and does my tax for me. And I just kind of report a couple of things to her and that's it. Like I don't have to think about my tax, but I do have to pay for zero and I do have to log in. It does bring all the stuff in for my business account, which is great. Like Tim was talking about, um, but I do have to categorize everything. Um, but when I was starting, I didn't know how much money I was going to have and I didn't feel like I could give myself a regular pay. It just wasn't where the business was at um, and I didn't feel like that was a possibility. So I went on a 
uh, principle. So any money that came in, I put aside 20% for tax. I put aside 40% for the business and I gave myself 40%. So for the first year, I think I worked on that principle, which was anything that came in, I got 40% of it. Um, and that meant the business had enough to run and I had enough set aside for tax. And I felt like that was a responsible way to go. And then once I got to about a year, I think I started to make myself goals. And I think at about a year I said, okay, well, how about as a family, we really need a little bit more certainty. How about I make myself a goal of, I will try and give us this much money every month. And then every six months, we just increased that and we worked on. And that goal for me was scary as hell to try and keep to that. Um, but that was that thing that Tim was talking about, the sink or swim thing, where it was kind of like our family is relying on this money and I have to make sure my business has enough money so that then I can give us the amount of money that I have, you know, gold out for us to do. Um, but it took a while to get to that point, I would say. And it definitely took me a long time to get back to my regular income of what I was receiving before I started. So in terms of that kind of stuff, like I think it's important to be responsible um, and I definitely did not. I know some people who start a business and every bit of money that comes in, like they keep the bare minimum for the business, like whatever's needed to run, that's it. And everything else comes out. I do not believe in that. Like I just, I'm really not a big believer in that. So that's how I started. I don't know if it's the right way, but that's what I did. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, at least in the U S uh, for tax purposes, it's really good to, if you have like an LLC, to make yourself uh, do the, the S corp election, make yourself a employee of your company. And then you pay yourself a fixed salary, a lower salary, because you're basically, you're paying yourself twice. You're paying yourself as an employee and then you're paying yourself as the owner. Uh, and the, when you pay yourself as the owner, they call that like a tax-free distribution and you don't pay all the self-employment taxes. Again, this is only in the U S um, yeah, that doesn't make any well, sense to me. But and it's yeah. super complicated. But yeah, but if you don't do that, then you end up paying taxes on all of the money that comes into your company instead of just the bit that you're just saying is my, right. is my salary. So it's so in Australia, yes. you Ugh. only pay tax on what you withdraw from the business bank account. Anything that stays in the business bank account and is spent on business stuff, you don't pay any tax on that. But you pay that's tax amazing. on anything you withdraw into your own. Person, you know that you spend on personal stuff so. see that's that's what i thought was the case and then like yeah. that's how i was practicing and then my cpa is like no you still pay tax <laughs> on just the money you make regardless yeah, of everything. whether or not you withdraw it or whatever i was like oh yeah. that's stupid. and then there's differences <laughs> if you have a partnership or things like that like yeah where you and david and i have yeah, i'm only talking freelance here like a business is different a partnership is different so yeah. Don't take my word for it in Australia. Yeah. I think I'm bottom not... line, hire a uh, tax professional. Yeah, don't listen to us, hire somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and then I will say on top of that, you still have to be your own advocate until you have not just vetted somebody to decide to hire them, but you know, I got my tax returns um, last year and I was like, this is outrageous. There's no possible way I should be paying this much money, but I don't understand it enough. And I contacted the accountant and he says, well, give me more, give me more deductions. And I'm like, like what? I don't know what else I can deduct. You know, and we had this back and forth and he's like, well, that's what it is then. And I was just like, I just know it's not right. And I, I got somebody else to look at them. They never got back to me. I finally found it. I finally talked to somebody else. The guy had fat fingered something, added an extra like, instead of $514, he had put something was 5,014. So he'd messed up my personal ones. Wow. So I found out like, and it had put me over some goofy thing and caused a whole bunch of penalties and stuff. So it was like, I owed like way much more than I was supposed to. And then, so I sent it to, I finally got a recommendation of somebody good. And I said, do my personal ones. And then he, I said, would you also just go through the company one? This guy within days, between my personal and my business one saved me $10,000 in mistakes wow. that the other guy had made who came extremely highly rated on Facebook, tons of good reviews, all this stuff. And he had just screwed up. And even when I questioned him about it, he was no help and no use. So it, it really like you need a professional, but you also, you're, you gotta be your own advocate. And that goes with all of the stuff, right? Like everything, like it's cause it all comes back on you. Like if those yep. taxes are screwed up, and you owe, you know, thirty thousand dollars. 
when you made 60 or whatever it is, you know, it's like if you, when you're just starting out and you, oh, like if you don't find somebody to help you figure it out, like it's just on you, the government, you know, even if you have an LLC or something, like it's all going to be, which LLC is yeah. limited liability corporation in the States for those who. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about being a business owner. The buck stops with you. That's the expression, right? Um, yeah. Like it's, it's ultimately our responsibility as business owners. So it doesn't matter if you hire someone, like if you have your own employees, if they screw up, like, sure, you could fire them. But at the end of the day, like the client's going to be blaming you as the business owner. So like, you know, the ultimate responsibility in every avenue, financial, you know, client services, it's, it's all, it's on our shoulders. Yeah. And, and getting to the, getting to the point to where you start, you start thinking like that is, is a big breakthrough because it is easy to like, yeah. you know, to, to pass, pass the buck as, uh, as the expression goes to somebody else. But ultimately, you know, you, the, the business owner, um, you know, it's, it, you know, you, you have to, you have to take the blame for it, and especially with clients. And that, that's something I always, I always, you know, try to do is just say, you know, okay, yes. Yeah, so, you know, I, I made a mistake. What can we, you know, what can we do to resolve it? And when you get to that point, it makes things like just so much easier, um, you know, just getting that out of the way and facing up to it. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's a good mindset to go into. So, yeah, it's definitely a mindset shift. And I think another, another mindset shift is even though the responsibility is always on your shoulders, thinking of your business as a living, breathing organism, it, like it's not because when you initially start out, you think of you and your business being synonymous, but you really shouldn't think that way. You should think of it as a separate thing. And, you know, it helps you manage it, it helps you kind of uh, just the way that you, you look at, you know, bringing in revenue and, and stuff like that. And yes, you're the ultimate decision maker. The buck stops with you. The responsibility is on your shoulders. But if you think of it as a living, breathing organism, uh, at least having that mindset has helped me in just kind of the way that I strategize and everything. Same. Do you guys go with any other uh, stuff? Do you guys hire legal? No. Do you do anything like that? But I have thought before? about doing it. And at some point I would like to kind of go through the process of doing that. What about that, insurance? But... We, we don't do business okay. insurance. We, we do have a, we do have a, a lawyer that we've had to refer to and, and certain things. And it wasn't anything like client related. It's just more, um, you know, business yeah, acquisition type type things that we've, that we've done where, you know, I, I have no idea how to handle, how to handle the paperwork on that, but for right. us on a day-to-day basis, we don't have like a, a lawyer, uh, that we refer to, but a, a couple times a year, maybe. Um, I think it would be good practice. And I, I would like to do that at some point in the next year or so. Yeah. I've often and, thought and about we, like, we built a website for the guy and maintain it and do what he needs. Oh, and nice. So it's been, <laughs> you know, it's been kind of like a trade. So mutually beneficial. Hey, I'm doing a law firm at the moment. Maybe See? I should think oh, about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. family law. <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like contracts. That's another huge thing, right? They, yeah. You should have contracts when you're freelancing, but once you start talking about a business, uh, you know, really to scale and to keep your business going, obviously, as we all have seen, it takes more people than just you, right? That's part of what goes along with making the jump, right? We've all got people on our teams that, that work with us. So, you know, you've got to have, you've got to, well, first of all, you've got to deal with that, the, the management issues and all of that, but then all of your contracts and stuff. I mean, you know, if you don't have that stuff ironclad, if you don't get paid and you're, you know, then other people don't get paid either, so you've got other people on your, on your conscience a bit. Yeah. There, so. There's, there's so many like open source um, contracts out there, even from like large, like larger companies. Um, you know, I, I, I'd say maybe once you start getting up in like enterprise level type work or, you know, uh, six digit web projects and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm a believer and, and I've always done, there, there's, there's a lot of like information out there that you can pull from. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm not giving this as 100% legal advice, but, um, you know, uh, contract killer and there's there's a bunch mm-hmm. of other stuff that are used by like thousands of, of freelancers that put enough protection in place. Um, but you also have to put that protection in place yourself. I mean, if you're building a website for somebody, don't don't launch it and put it on their server until they've like they've paid you. I mean, that's that, that's kind of a no brainer. And, you know, some of that stuff you'll you'll get uh, bitten and uh 
next time you'll remember it. And um, it's kind of always evolving. So. And stuff goes wrong. So learn. <laughs> That's what I did. I went for like a few years where I literally updated my contract after almost every project. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen to me again. You know, it's like put a new clause in there, you know, and yeah. add another clause and change it. Like, I, and I haven't changed it in a while now. I didn't even think about it, which I guess that's a good sign that they, it must be in a fairly good place by now. But <laughs> so, um, okay. We've got about 10 ish minutes left. Um, what if, what if we flip it a little bit now and talk about, instead of just <laughs> talking about how hard it is and all these horrible things, what's awesome about making the leap for those that haven't quite done it yet. You know, we don't get a vacation. We got all this responsibility. <laughs> we don't make, you know, sometimes money's hard to come by peace of family and all of that, but here we are, we're still all doing it. And I guarantee you, none of us would have it any other way. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, to me, I mean, it's, it's kind of the, all the obvious stuff for me, but being able to work when I want. Uh, where I want, how I want, on what I want. I think to me, that's the dream, like ultimate flexibility. Like, sure, there's things that I have to do that aren't my favorite, you know, as any business owner has to do that you just kind of have to suck it up. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's having that flexibility to where like, oh, my wife got off early. I can go and, you know, we can go uh, like, grab a late lunch or something together, um, on a whim because I don't report to anyone else. Like to me, like that flexibility is, is really what makes it all worth it. I think. Um, yeah. And I think like the, the saying goes like, um, oh shoot, what is it as a entrepreneur, you would rather work for, you know, $30,000 a year for yourself than make $100,000 a year working for someone else. And so like, if you can relate to that, then like working for yourself, being an entrepreneur is probably a good fit. Like, I'm not saying like that's going to happen, but like being able to like have that control is almost, you know, worth it more than having the stability or, or not, you know, it definitely is worth more than having the stability of a higher paying job. Um, that's how I feel at least. So. Yeah, it's, you definitely have a lot of, a lot of freedom. And, um, you know, I, I, I work a lot of hours, um, but like, you know, this morning I probably got to my desk at a little after six this morning and, um, you know, went in around noon, took a lunch break, played with my kids, took like a 10 minute nap, talked to my wife for a bit, got back out here today. I'm taking off at four to take my kids, uh, to swim lessons and not going to lie. I'll, I'll definitely be back on probably later tonight to check on some stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, working from home, I'm sitting right now with no shoes on and, <laughs> you and know, no pants and no pants. Tim, I told you not to tell anybody. I mean, obviously <laughs> none of us are wearing pants right now. Yeah. I just hope, hope <laughs> I don't have to stand up right now for some and reason. Wearing pajamas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Literally wearing your pajamas. I love it. Yeah. But I did just get up. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah it's, it's early there. So yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's awesome. And you know, you tell people what you do and you work from home and that you're your own boss and, um, you know, pe people are jealous, but, but some people also on, on the flip side think that you don't do anything when you're, you know, a freelancer or, or your own boss, which is completely untrue, but, um, it has a, a, a lot of perks uh, to it and I, I wouldn't have it any other way for sure. Yeah. The other day I was brainstorming and I was trying to figure out what would that amount be if like some company said, Tim, we want me, we want you to come work for us. Like, what would that amount be? Like how many times what I'm making now, like how many multiples on like what I'm bringing in now, like would have to make it worth it for me to give up like the flexibility and freedom that I have. And it's, I don't know the answer to that question, but it definitely be pretty high. It'd have to be There's high. a number. There's a number. Come on. Like, Everyone is. has a number, but it's, it's up there for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would depend what I was doing, I think. Like for me, I think it's definitely a flexibility. And it's the whole reason that I did it was trying to work out how the heck I was going to manage school and kids and make that work. Like if you only get four weeks off a year and your kids have potentially 12 12 weeks off a year it might even be more than that like they have so much time off a year and you listen only to the australian oh. complaining about getting only four weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody from, gets well, four weeks in this from school okay well in australia that. you get four weeks off from work right yeah. a year that's that is the law here in australia is you get four weeks off a year and to try and manage your kids with school holiday we don't have school holiday camps like i, I know you guys talk about like you know your kids can go off to a camp we don't have that so when your kids are off at school 
you either have to pay at least a hundred dollars a day for your kids to go to some sort of program for the day. Like it's just, it's not achievable. And the, the, that in my mind was like, I just, I can't see how this can work. And if it does, then my kids are going to be in after school care every single day. And then on top of that, they're going to go to school holiday programs, every single school holidays. Like, I don't know that that's the life we want. So that was the reason we did it. Um, I think there are moments where I still question, like, if I was to go back, would I do the same thing? I don't know if I would. Like, it has been such a hard slog. But now that I'm five years down the track, I'm really grateful that I did. I'm really grateful I was so naive when I started. Um, and I think the the flexibility of being able to pick my kids up every afternoon, of being able to be around during school holidays, I generally try and work half days during school holidays. I couldn't do that in a normal job. Um, and so, yeah, I could earn more somewhere else. Um, but the sacrifice that our family would have to make for me to be able to do that, I am not willing to pay. So, yeah, for me, I, I think it is absolutely the flexibility. Yes, I love not having to dress in fancy clothes every single day and be able to make my own lunch at home. And, you know, like there's lots of wonderful things about it as well. Um, but for me, the family stuff, I just, I can't get past it. And when I try and imagine going back to a full-time job, I just think our family would lose so much more than any money I could make. Definitely. That's pretty good. I, I used to like hate the thing that would drive me the most crazy was getting paid to have my butt in the seat. Like I had a job and I was a web developer and I'm, I'm creative and I am a night owl. Like I work two, three, four in the morning and I, it's like, I'm on fire. I'm doing the great. And my boss wanted me in at eight in the morning, which is, I know that's like very normal, but it's hard for me. Like I hated it. And I said to her, like, listen, let me come in later or let me work from home or I can come in at eight in the morning and sit and scroll Facebook until my brain wakes up in a couple hours. And she was like, mm, okay, I'll see you at eight. Like she didn't even care. She didn't like, <laughs> I straight up told her that and she didn't care. And I'm like, this is not what I want to do. Like, this is not how I want to spend my life. Like I cannot work yeah. for people who have that value system. Like I want to be in charge of saying like, at least now I feel like I get paid for what I do and how well I do it. Even if it doesn't really change the price, but like if I do good work, then I get more work and I do, but you know, as opposed to like yeah. the number of hours you have to be here, like, ugh. Yeah. Cause when you're an employee, you're literally trading, uh, hours for dollars. Like you're selling your time. And, but when you're a business owner, it's you, you're, you're selling something of more value. And so like, you're, you're actually like your time is equated to like what you can, you know, put out there. And, and, um, yeah, I, I, I basically just got sick of, of selling my time and having like to show up. It's like, well, I'm not really, you know, like you said, Stephanie, I'm kind of just wasting time. Like yeah. you could probably like, uh, calculate, okay. Like from here to here, I'm kind of just like getting awake. So I'm not really working. And then from this time to this time, I'm out, like grab me a, a cup of coffee. And then from here, I'm going out to lunch. And then from this time to this time, like, you know, I'm going to be in the bathroom at, from after lunch and then <laughs> and all that coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, man, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just don't like that system of like selling your time for money. No, just um, be a grown up. like just do what you're supposed to do and do good things and then get paid. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah, exactly. And some so for like work that way, it, like it's not all workplaces that are douchebags that say you just have to sit here at a certain time. Like my last job had a lot of flexibility to let me work from home one day a week, which I spread across, you know, a whole week worth of hours. So there are places that do give flexibility and it's not like sure. you can't get that in a normal job as no, well, sure. but you do have more control over it if you're running your own business, obviously. Mm -hmm. And nobody microwaving fish in the break room. At your house, unless it's you. <laughs> unless it's you. Solid point. Solid point. Yeah, I, when, I know we're we're, ta we're supposed to talk about all the the good stuff, but one downside to working from home is when people assume that you like are available to like just twenty four seven. Like, yeah. like oh, you, you work from home, <laughs> therefore you can come pick me up from the airport. It's like, well, mm -hmm. I'm working. Like, like sure, like, <laughs> I'm a boss, but I can't just like go yeah. do unlimited. Meet me at the bar. You're like, it's nine in the morning. Come on. <laughs> okay exactly. and, and it's a very real thing it, it takes a little time to get used to being able to overcome that without yeah yeah <laughs> and you kind of have to set boundaries like um 
like with my wife, like she would ask me like, you know, different chores, like, Oh, can you switch the laundry and stuff? And it's like, well, I'd be happy to do that. But like outside of my work hours, like just cause I'm at home doesn't mean I'm like here to like do whatever. <laughs> you hey, know, Corey, like, how would it go if you told your wife, that you could do the laundry outside of work hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> I don't have any kids I mean, yet. So it's I need it when I have to tell my wife. I, I will have those days where like, you know, I, you know, maybe it's been a long week and it's Friday or something and I'll go, you know, you know, maybe I'm already at the computer a couple hours and I'll go and, you know, maybe take 30 minutes and do some yard work or something just to kind of, you know, get my brain back, back in the mode. I mean, you do have those times where you're, you know, you're not being productive and, and stuff. And, it, and, and you need those times, just, just get up, go for a walk, do something, go play with your dogs, whatever it might be. Um, you know, it's, it's work hours. Yes. But you know, I, I don't think you have to like, feel like you're sitting there constantly, you know, doing stuff that whole time. Oh, yeah. Cause we, we put it in that's hard, right? Like, it is hard. I think yeah. sometimes you can be not in the zone and you are not working and you're not productive and you're just fluffing around on like, and it's, you're not achieving anything. Sometimes I think it can be hard to give yourself permission or I don't, I find it hard to give myself permission to just go watch some Netflix for a bit because I'm not achieving anything. I'm not doing anything for my clients. Instead, I'm sitting at my computer and I get more exhausted because I'm just sitting there not achieving anything. And then I still feel stressed that I didn't achieve anything. Whereas sometimes I would be better to give myself that permission to go sit on the couch, watch some Netflix or go outside and do some yard work or whatever it is and then work that night. But sometimes I still get stuck in that mentality that these are my work hours. So I should be sitting at my desk and working. And I think sometimes, you know, it's better to accept I am not in the zone today. Today is the day that I should not be sitting at my computer because otherwise I just feel resentful that I'm at my computer all the time and I have so much work to do and the stress of that can, you know, I think sometimes yeah. it's uh, so hard to be your own boss in saying, go, like, go be sick. Don't be sitting oh, here. Yeah. Go to bed or like, yeah. go to the yeah. shops. Yeah, like, like Tim was saying, though, you, you do have to set those limits. Because, uh, yeah, your yeah. family may not understand, like, you know, like obviously my wife does, but, uh, you know, um, could be somebody else, you know, from my family. Hey, could, you know, can you help us move tomorrow or, you know, can you do this? Yeah. It's like, well, you know, I, I, I do have a job and uh, that's, that's during that is during my work yeah. hours. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I, sorry, yeah, I can't. Sure. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't find my pants anywhere. I, I, yeah. I definitely yeah. do agree with Sarah, like giving yourself permission to like, you know, rest or like, you know what? I, I'm not in the right mindset. I'm going to go like do a, like a quick house project or, you know, mm-hmm. Netflix or, or, you know, uh, run a couple errands that aren't related to business type of thing. Um, uh, I totally agree. And I mean, that was like last week uh, for me, it was just like a very unfocused week. And so I, I did that quite a lot. And then this week I'm able to like focus more and more in the, like the zone. Um, and so, yeah, I think having like a balance of that, like being like having like, okay, these are the structured times. This is when I know I'm most productive. Like for me, it's in the morning time. And then, uh, you know, every day at 11, I take my dog out for a hike and then I have lunch after that. And then I have a couple hours of like really productive time. And then the afternoon is like late afternoon is kind of like probably not going to get that much done. So it's kind of hit or miss, but I've right. kind of learned like when are my prime focused hours and I try to structure my day around those times. Yeah. And it's, it's like, are, are you being just busy or are you being productive? And, and there is, yeah. there is a difference because you know, totally. you can be busy and think you're being busy, but if you're not productive, then you're spinning your wheels. So it's a tough one. And I think we all sort of like, all of this is a little bit like saying, um, we, we, we impose like an imaginary boss on ourselves, right? Like somebody that's going to get mad at us if we go, go you're, handle these you're, things. You're, you're client. <laughs> no, I mean, but they're not really like, so it's For me, just, it's yeah. myself. I have like high expectations yeah. and goals. And so like, I put some pressure on myself, which is. Well, good. and I'm a, and I'm, like I said, I'm a night owl. So I start work at 10. You cannot believe how many like jokes and like how much derision I get because I start work at 10. That's my business hours. But if I, I don't stop before seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night ever, like that's nine or 10 hour day. So I don't, but it's like, it's this perception of like, oh, okay. So you're still, oh, did you just get up? People always say, you know, like it's this terrible sort of thing, but it's like, I'm the boss. I get to, you know, (laughs) you, you and Leslie, I know. Right. So anyway, okay, guys, we're just about up out of time. Um, does anybody have any last things they'd like to throw in there or shall we just read a quick review? 
let's just let's I do think, the review. Um, it would, yeah, it'd be okay. nice at some point to come back and maybe tackle some of the things we didn't talk about today, which is like the practical side of how do you make it work working from home and, you know, how can you be more productive when you don't feel productive and how can you, you know, yeah, the time, tips time management, and project management, yeah. little things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a whole other topic sometime. Okay. Yeah. Leslie, yeah. when you're reviewing this, I love make a too. note. Yeah. Leslie, <laughs> so uh, we don't have any reviews that are new in iTunes uh, or on YouTube. So okay. I'm going to read. I know. So you guys got to go leave a review, but there are two things in the comments today that I wanted to read out uh our buddy miro says dear panel you are my inspiration <laughs> miro is in a growth phase and he's trying to transition so that's that was really cool and then john cooper said this episode is so good i want to quit my own business and start a new one <laughs> <laughs> thanks john oh, that's awesome so you guys are awesome <laughs> we're glad that the that you guys were all there in the live chat and thanks for putting up with me and my technical difficulties at the beginning and we will See you guys all next week. Great. Adios. Take care. Bye-bye.